Welcome to Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue, where the boys talk about hunting, fishing and cooking. Now to your host, Lawson White. Uh, g'day listeners, and today I've got uh, Frog. Frog from Frog Dogs Australia, hunting dogs. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks Lawson. How's yourself? Oh, mate, we're getting there. I've, uh, I've been for a jog, so I'm a little bit, um, I'm ready for bed, actually. <laughs> but uh, that's what happens when you don't exercise over Christmas, right? How was your Chrissy? How- yeah, good, mate. Good. Yeah, did a uh, just had it up here at uh, Cooktown at home. Yeah. Uh, and then we we went out for a bit of a hunt after Christmas, and we got chased around by thunderstorms and stuff. We got we got a few kicks, but nothing too exciting. But no, it was it was good to get away for a few days and and stuff like that. But it's getting warm, and and the wet season's uh, starting to arrive here now. So, which is good, but we needed the rain. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the old farmers need the rain. How long you been in Cooktown, mate? So mate, I just just kicked it over five years here now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've we've been here for five years, and then before that, I spent sort of three years at Georgetown, and then six years at Normanton in the in the same job that I'm running now. Yeah. And um, yeah. So no, it's uh, it's going good, mate. It's, it's I don't think we'll move anywhere. Uh, in the near future, it's got everything cooked down anyway. Yeah, I've, I've heard Cooktown's the uh, the place to be. I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest. Um, Cape York at you and the golf right just there. All you got to do is go for a bit of a drive. A bit jealous. Yeah, it's, it's not too far. It's pretty good, mate. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a real good spot. So, uh, we love it. We love it here. Yeah, I don't blame Frog, um, tell us, mate, what what's the story? Um, you've got a hunting team going. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and... And uh, what you're aiming to do, mate? What's 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 happening? Because I, I see you've just come out of the woodworks, and and everyone loves you because you've got awesome dogs, you've got some oh, big tusky boars, and um, people can't get enough of you. What what's going on, mate? What's um where'd you come from, mate? Um, oh, well, I suppose it uh, it started uh, a long time ago back in. Uh, I'm originally from Victoria. So oh yeah, where whereabouts? Yeah. Oh, it's a little place called Wanyu, which isn't far from Shepparton. Oh, yep, 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 I know. So right. I was always, always mad keen on ferreting rabbits and chasing foxes and stuff, and then uh, sort of as the years went on, I got into chasing foxes with dogs. Oh, yeah. And, and that's where it sort of all, all started, so I um, don't do that. And then about 14, I got asked to go on a pig hunting trip with a few mates up to Lake Angelico. And we uh, we went up there and uh, mate, that's that's it. The seed was planted. We, <laughs> we caught a few dogs, a few pigs with dogs, and mate, that was it. Then I went home and got my first dog from there. So uh, how old was that, mate? You're 14, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I was 14. So that, well, that would have been 1994, I suppose. Jeez. And um, mate, once that sort of happened, I uh, I started a butcher apprenticeship not long after that. Mm. And every school holiday every not school holidays every holidays I had a chance we we heard New South Wales and and, uh go to stations at Ivanhoe and Mosgill and we ended up getting on to places at Tilpa near Burke and chase pigs out of there and yeah mate just just loved it ever since and obviously the uh transition from there is wanting to go to the town of Queensland chase pigs so I uh ended up moving up the cans and yeah but he yeah it was uh I got up there in all, in all, um, uh, honestly, I was going to play AFL football up there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for South Cairns it was. I was had a few mates up there playing football, so. Oh, that's but then cool. I got up here and thought, no, nah, big hunting was, uh, a bit more, <laughs> a bit more exciting. Hey, Frog, you got any, uh, you got any kids, mate? 
Yeah, well, I, should, I, should, I should, should ask if you've got any, a wife and kids. That, that would be a... a yeah, yeah. I've got all of that, mate. I've got all of that. I've got the wife and uh, a couple of young daughters. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, yeah so no, the girls and my daughters are uh, seven and four. So, yeah, no, they're going good, mate. Love their hunting. Love their hunting. So they, they come out with you, mate, all the time? or? Yeah, mate. So, um, oh, sort of back in the day, it was just me and the missus. We used to chase a few pigs and box a few pigs out of Normanton and stuff like that. Um. And, but yeah, now we, we moved on, got married, and had the kids thing. So, maybe it's uh, everyone would know they're, they're pretty challenging at the start. But <laughs> yeah. Once they get to that age and they can tell you what they want, tell you what they need, they're, they're pretty cool to have around. They're pretty good to take hunting. So, I really enjoy it actually. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So, um, how many, like, um, you've, you've started Frog Dogs uh, hunting team. Um, tell us what what's the go there, mate. What's the what's the plan, and what do you what's your aim to happen? Oh, mate, we just um, it was sort of more more wise to uh, as you know, I've spoke to you before about um, never really wanted to be the the celebrity pig hunter. Uh, that's sort of why we've come out of nowhere. A lot of my mates are sort of like surprised that I've done it, um, but um, well, they hang a lot of shit on me anyway. So. <laughs> but no, mate, they, uh, it's um, we just come out of there to start a bit of a, a bit of a business to, you know, show people what we do and, and, and like, at the end of the day, Lawson, it's a, it's a love for pig hunting, really. Like, there's a lot of blokes who, um, have a missus and end up having kids and they sort of give all their pig hunting up, but, um, I've sort of, we've stayed strong to it and kept a heap of dogs and, and just really enjoy getting out and, and, and training dogs and, and watching them work and just and just being out in the bush catching a few pigs, you know. Oh, that's 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 um, that's what I want to hear, mate. That's the that's what I want to hear. The passion, the uh, I love how you get the family involved. That's that's the best thing I've heard for a while. Um, you're talking about the dogs, mate. What 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 breeds do you run? Is it a, is it a, a frog special or tell us tell us a bit about the frog dogs? Well, mate, it started because a lot of people used to ask. You know what breed of your dog and i just say they're a frog dog um and they're just the dogs that uh back in early 2000 i was out in the uh back before a wife and kids and stuff i was out in the gulf of carpentaria out of uh Berkeley, Australia. So i used to chase pigs full time for a living for a couple of years there and i had um well, i had anywhere up to 15 dogs because we mainly used dogs at night yeah. to catch the pigs on a few of the stations we were on we we'd get there 40 or 50 pigs a week but, um, so you're doing that as uh, a you're doing that as a living, um, putting them in yeah. the chiller. Yeah, mate. So full time from May till December. Yeah. I'd uh, I'd go and live in Cairns and do me butchering and that for the first few months of the year, and then once May came around, the pig boxes all started opening. I'd head out there and, and live under a tree, and we'd go <laughs> at night and chase pigs and come home and unload them, and then uh, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty good living, a good lifestyle. We didn't make much money, but we had a, had good fun doing it. But yeah. um. So I had a few dogs from out there that were really good dogs, um, sort of Wolfhound, Staghound, Mastiff, and then we had, well, I had other dogs there, Bits as well, they, were, they had a bit of Pity, a bit of Polara, a bit of Bull Terrier, and I think Border Collie was in them, and Kelpie, they were bits of everything, mate, it was sort of anything you get your hands on, and yeah. there was a couple of, couple of real standout dogs that we, I ended up sort of breeding pups out of, and pretty much the frog dog line stems from there. And then over the years, I've uh, added different sort of dogs into Bull Arab Cross, Buddy Bull Terrier, yeah. cattle dog things, you know. So, but they got they got everything in them. They're they're, they're just a mongrel, really. So, yeah. it's, I I find 
are the better dogs for me, but you know, some people like different types of dogs, but um, they're, well, they're the ones that work for us, you know. It works, it works, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's right, mate. I'm, I'm always, I always say to people, like, people say it's got to be this breed, and I said it could be a chihuahua. You wouldn't, I've seen, uh, I've seen some funny breeds of dogs that, that catch pigs, it, it doesn't matter what they are, as long as it catches a pig for you and you're happy, you know, so. Yeah, that's it. So, that's a, that's a pretty hard job, mate. How, how, what's a, a life and a day of a, a full-time pig hunter? Because my old boy used to be a roost shooter, and you know, I'd hate to be doing that full-time, but, you know, what's in a, you know, up in the Gulf, there'd be you know, some serious hogs going around, and what what would you do? So you just wake up in the afternoon after sleeping all day, or you what's the a normal yeah. day for you? So we didn't have, I had sort of properties between Pokemon's oh, Radius and Birdtown I was hunting actually sort of the more we did it and the more people got to know us like locally like we got onto one place first and we were like I said getting our 50 a week or something but they were they were pretty good pigs we were hunting mainly at night with dogs because you didn't because the properties are pretty well uh, a lot of the ringers on there used to have everyone had a gun and a dog so the pigs were well chased so you had to work pretty hard for them so we'd hunt all night and then box our pigs in the morning and then sort of sleep during the day and Head out again late afternoon, but as we sort of got more well known around the area, we, we got to hunt better properties that are a bit closer, sort of the Gregory Downs and, and those sort of joints. Yeah, um, and we, we set a few traps like we had 15 or 16 traps running, and then our pig numbers sort of got up a bit better. We might have got you know 80 or 90 some weeks, and some weeks you might get 60, but um, yeah, it was it's pretty hard work, especially you know, unloading traps and or catching pigs during the day. is anyone who's done it will know tying them up and live loading pigs is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a prick of a job but oh, mate, yeah. was, I was only 22 at the time I think and that's all I ever thought about so I was um, I loved it you know so it, it was an awesome awesome six or seven months of the year for me just chasing pigs every day and every night so I, I couldn't have thought of anything better you know yeah yeah that's that's a, some boys' dreams, I reckon. I reckon some, especially you see some guys on Facebook, all they want to do is go and chase pig. Um, so, mate, where would the chiller be? Would you have to drive it, or you had your own, or how? How'd that yeah, work? So the, at the start, we used to, um, I used to, we go anywhere from sort of eighty k's from the chiller box, and we'd catch our pigs all night, and then, and then come back to that chiller box at Birkenwood's Road House and unload our pigs. Oh, yep. Uh, then, as we sort of got properties a bit further towards Birktown, um, we ended up being given a, a chiller box by Wild Game, a, a truck, because yeah. they could see we could get a few numbers of pigs together. They gave us our own truck. Wow. And um, we took our, our own truck out, and then um, we'd set up camp at, at different sort of areas, you know, and, and hunt that area until we we felt that we'd sort of taken the cream of the pigs out and then you'd, you'd move on to the next area, you know. So, so yeah, we had a little, it was a, it actually was an ex-Peter's ice cream truck with a big <laughs> into, into a chiller box, so, like, a, with rail system in it. So, yeah. uh, mate, we, we drove that around and, um, yeah, sort of lived underneath it or beside it and had all the dogs tied up to it around trees and, yeah, we just used to go chasing pigs. So you had yeah, a, you, you had your fif, you had your fifteen dogs when you were doing that full time or yeah mate yeah so uh, anyway up to fifteen so I think I had mainly had about ten dogs yeah uh, and I had, I had another mate with me so he he obviously had a few dogs there was two of us doing it yeah um and yeah mate you have anywhere up to anywhere up to fifteen you know I, I lost a few 
um, not to pigs, but pretty much mainly cooked a couple of dogs that, that got a bit hot, you know, and um, and that was about it, really. I lost a couple of dogs that I think got done by snakeboard or maybe by crocodile, but um, yeah, that was um, that was sort of uh, most of the dogs came home though in the end. Yeah. Like we, uh, I still had um, one of the old dogs from out there, only died. My, well, that was early 2000s. I think he died about six or seven years ago, but he, he lived to lose 11 or 12, you know, so. It's a good life for uh, a working dog, eh? Oh, yeah, like, in, like I think the first year we boxed nearly 900 pigs. <laughs> and then the second year when I went back, um, I was on my own. I just went on my own. My mates had sort of moved on to bigger and better things and um, then the second year I went back and boxed about 700 I think so, Far, so I was yeah. pretty much doing it on my own that second year but that was yeah, it was uh, uh, it was a good lifestyle as I say I never I never went back uh, with pocketfuls of money yeah. but I had plenty of memories anyway and plenty yeah. of good times so memories are probably uh, you'll cherish them forever eh yeah that's right that's right it's, it was, like you say it was hard work and uh, so yeah, like Thing, thing with Toyotas and that, you break them a lot and they cost a lot to fix, so yeah. that used to be how it was, so. Yeah, yeah, about, especially out there, it'd be um, a bit tough if you broke down, it'd be trying to get it fixed and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit was done yourself. Yeah. Well, with the help from the box operator at Berkeley there, um, uh, he used to come and give us a hand to get us going for the like, breakdown, so, because it was in his best interest too, because we're getting a few pigs together, so. But no, it was, no, it was good, mate. Real good. Did you, you, you wouldn't have had tracking collars back then, obviously. No, no, mate. No, <laughs> no, not at all. So she was um, she was all get out and listen. Yeah. And pretty much, um, like I had a, a good old dog there. It was a greyhound pit bull. She used to go a long way. And um, you used to have to get on that pad she was on and, and, and get a feet distance so you could, you could hear her. Yeah. But luckily she would bark until you got there and then you could... Um, you yeah. can stool her on, you know, on her own, which is very, very handy. Smart dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had GPSs with a little handheld. I think the first Garmin e-tracks, I think we might have had, the little yellow one. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. That was to find your way back to the car, but um, most of the time when you left, mate, you'd be looking at the stars and and working out which way you've got to sort of go to head back towards the ute or find a road or something like that, you know, so. Old school. God. Old school, mate, yeah. It was, it was different. <laughs> I think the, the furthest we ever tracked the dog was, I thought we tracked her to a pig and punched her into the GPS, and it was 3.6 kilometres in a straight line from the ute, so yeah. it was a, it was a mission that took a few hours to get that pig out, but he was a decent pig, so we were, we were pretty happy, but um, a lot of the time was wasted, though, yeah, it wasn't uh, very efficient, but uh, that's what you had to do to get pigs, you know? Better say, you had to go bush bash and to get, go get him, if you're going to put him in the, in the box... Yeah, that's right, mate. So we used to stick them and then go back, walk back to the car and then try and sort of figure out where the road uh -huh. went closest and then, then push bash away and go pick them up. Luckily, the country wasn't too bad. Yeah. You, know, you bash away and go pick it up and then, yeah, keep keep going, so. Okay. Jeez, it sounds um, sounds like hard days. How's, how's your back? <laughs> oh, it was. I mean, the big, he was like 80. He might have been 80-something best or something that big, but... And which was a massive pig in the golf back in those days. So yeah, I bet about to say so. Size, mate. Um, because my old boy, he's he's hunted up that way a, a little bit, and he he says to me, you know, he'd play out seeing a hundred like hundred kilo fella. You know, if you do it, so he's a cracker. Um, what's the size like when you when you were doing it back then? Oh, mate, that's and that's right. Like, I mean, so we box. We had some good blocks there that were 
that close to Bertha Wills that we box 50 or 60 picks of the week and they might average close to 50 kilo, but that was one of the better blocks around the area. Yeah. Um, the further you got into the golf towards Burtown, the smaller the picks got, you get more numbers, but um, around Gregory Downs and that, we were, we were hunting blocks there and they were, um, the average used to be about 37 kilo, 35 kilo, and but you'd get your, your 80 to 90 a week. Yeah. Um, and then even like... Um, the biggest boars were, I think the biggest boar ever caught out in that golf country when I was doing it for a living was like 89 dressed. Wow, it's still, um, still a good like, pig, eh? Oh, mate, they were massive pigs and they were hard to catch, you know. I've got, I've got a big sow, we've got a, nine, a 98 kilo sow there. Um, What's that? that What's 20... 17 kilos? I work, how much, do you, I always went off, a, it was, was it 17%? Guts, so it worked out to be. Uh, I remember we weighed a gut one, we weighed up a pack of guts one day after gutting a pig, and it worked out to be 12 to 17 kilos each pig we did. So it was, you know, you're putting a 98 kilo sow, that's what 120 kilo pig, you know, it's a serious, serious animal yeah. having a crack at the dogs. So, yeah, that's right, mate. And, and like them boars, them 80 kilo boars, even later in later years when I uh. Was, had a full time job in Normanton and was boxing pigs there. Like, we used to always work out that your 80 kilo dress boards would generally be around about 100 kilo live, you know? Yeah. The, the odd one that I've caught ones that were 117, 118, and they dressed out to 88 and stuff like that. So, yeah, mate, you lose that, lose that 20 odd kilo guts in that, especially in that the yeah. bigger pigs in that, in that grass feed country. Yeah. In the grain country, it's obviously a little bit different. They seem to have a bit smaller gut, but, um, and uh, it just depends on how much they've eaten and, and how much they've drank yeah, know, yeah. when you catch them, you know, so. Yeah, we, 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 Dad and I worked it out one, one day. We we mucking around. We must have been bored. But it worked out to be about uh, 15 to 20 kilo. Gut, that's how yeah. much guts weigh. So it's, it's a fair bit of, you know, you get tusks flying around and shoulder pads. It's it's all, it's a serious animal in the end. <laughs> so. Oh, I did, definitely. Hey, mate, only kilo dressed in the gulf in those days was... It was a record, like a record break. I, I know if you if you put an eighty kilo dress pig in the in the box there at uh, Birkham Wells, like everyone would look at it. You know, even Normanton was the same. Yeah. Uh, more north of Birkham Wells, like towards Dumagee, and that there was a, there was some better pigs. There was the odd hundred kilo dress one off off the coast there, but in that sort of mid range between you know the coast and that that grass fed good grass fed country around Cloncurry, they were. 80 kilo dress pig was a massive pig and mate he took some catching you know like yeah. he, he wasn't easy to catch the dogs had to do some work to get him and, he, and he'd do some damage to you know so so hunt, hunting back then to hunting now mate <laughs> what would you prefer have you got buggies uh, now and tracking collars and mate I, I said the other day we went out and I, I think I've worked out I've got about $150,000 worth of shit I take with me including all my gear <laughs> all the flash shoots and that and I, I said to him, this I don't catch anywhere near the amount of pigs I used to when I had a 47 series ute, uh, you know, and a buddy pocket full of glow sticks, <laughs> and, and you know, a few homemade breastplates and stuff like that, so... Um, so you made your, yeah, did you make, make your, your breastplates out of a uh, fire hose or leather? Mate, in the back, in the early days we made them out of leather, yep. um, and uh, we, we, we ended up getting onto a couple to buy, it was once I come up north I got onto... Um, Adam O'Brien at FNQ Breastplates and mate, I, I sort of haven't um, deviated from them yep. since that time when I first went out in the Gulf. We uh, 
we uh, I got a heap of collars off him, mate. I've still got collars here now that lasted all that time. Like I used them full time in the golf, and then I could still put them collars on dogs here now and use them. They're twenty odd years old, you know. So. Yeah, I saw a post you put up the other day. I was like, yeah, it's like someone's mate, been sitting there with a screwdriver trying to bang it in. Mate, this those those collars like there's a white collar inside. Like he it was used on two of my main dogs for two years out there. So. And we didn't, I didn't shoot many pigs. We trapped a few pigs, but most of the time, probably 60% was caught with dogs. So, I mean, that's a lot of pigs. That's probably a, well, a thousand pigs, I suppose. And, um, you know, I don't know how many pigs and collars seen, but I've seen a lot of pigs and a lot of good pigs. And, mate, there's, there's never been a tusk as well. So, I'm a, a real fan of them. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's what you get used to and what you like, I suppose. Yeah. Other people out there have probably got Especially the old, uh, the tracking collars from back in the day when uh, Dad would say, get out and run and try and find the dog. It was always uh, sit there and listen for, for five minutes trying to work out what direction they're in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah, and listen. And run, run until you bug it and try and stop your breathing enough to uh, listen yeah. to your dog. Yeah. over a kilometre away. It's a long way. Kilometre's a long way to run, you know. Yeah, you can do that a few times a night. You get pretty fit pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were pretty fit out there. We, uh, yeah, we, we weren't eating, you know, weren't living fucking uh, the high life on steak and that anyway. I was sort of living <laughs> out of tins. Yeah. So we were pretty skinny and pretty fit back then. But, yeah, no, it was, it was good times, mate, good times. So, mate, what's um, what's the, what's the going Cooktown now? You, you do plenty of fishing out there or it's just pigging? Or, cause I, I... Yeah, mate, no, um, awesome fishing up here at Cooktown. But um, as anyone who's probably tried to come up here go fishing, it's one of the places you've got to live in to uh, really get the benefit because the wind here can be, you know, people often say it blows up here 365 days a year, but um, it, it actually, actually here tonight, it's, it's beautifully, it's dead still here tonight. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that keeps the fishing out of Cooktown really good. Yeah. We'll, we'll go for a night and get out, you know, anywhere between 35, 40 reds and nanagai and bloody reef jacks anywhere up to 60 fish you know depending on how many blokes on the boat so you can bag out rather easy out here if you, if you want to once you find one spot so it's um you're, you're very spoiled for good fishing that's uh, a great spot mate even in the rivers here it's really good fishing too but people just don't do it much because yeah. you're spoiled with the reef there you know you can catch as many bar and stuff in the rivers here if you really give it a go give it a bit and, and get to work them out yeah mate it's once you work them out you, you there's blokes around you slay the fish all the time so yeah, no, it is. It is a really good spot, mate. There's plenty of hunting and plenty of fishing. So, <laughs> so um, you've you've won the the pig hunting competition down there a few times. What's um, what's the story there? Is it? Uh, I I've I've seen it on Facebook. I I know it's really big. Um, what's the go there, mate? Is it? Do you go away for that? Do you, like, do you drive a long distance or do you hunt around town? We'll get we'll get we'll get to talking about hunting around town later, but. What's the what's the go with the um the hunting comp there? Mate, so we um 
No, because I spent so much time in the goal form. I class myself more of a goal country boy than a than a Kate York kid. But um, I didn't sort of have much access close to town here, and I, I got some really good blocks sort of further out west out in the goal form. Uh, sort of chilly go away in Georgetown way and that that I can that I can get on to which um which are really good properties and like one of the places I've been hunting for sort of fifteen years so I know it real well. And there's a bit of grain there now so I used to um I used to travel out there to get me pigs, you know, so it's um and mate there's with knowledge of the place and yeah. and uh Helps, it's one it? big thing. <laughs> and then quality of the pigs are there is another big thing you know like at, uh, so we used to whip out there and, and go get a few pigs for a night or two and then bring them back in so yeah the last three years we've done real well we, we've won just over eight grand cash and so you, you, six grand in prizes so you won the last you've, you've won the last three years have you yeah I won I won uh, what I win the first year was biggest ball and oh what else did I win there the biggest toss something else I can't remember. Best average or something. That's cool. And then the second year was biggest average, um, biggest sale, and I got beaten on the biggest ball. It was 122 kilo. I had a 98 and 122 kilo, so they came in from up Pomperoo or something. Oh, yeah. And then last year we won biggest ball, biggest sale, and, and another category there. I can't remember what it was. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good comp. It's a good comp, but this, this year they're actually... Uh, been talking to the bloke that runs it and um, he wants us to get involved and help him run it a bit better, you know, because it's a pretty lucrative figure in competition. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, yeah, we, people up here talk about it, so. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of cash, like, which I think is a good thing if you can, yeah, everyone likes the prizes, but I mean, if you have a bit of a cash lolly there to pay for your weekend as well, bloke, so, you know, it helps pay for pay yeah. for your trip a bit more, you know, so. But, yeah, he's talking about a four-wheeler this year. He yeah. said a four-wheeler is a mystery prize. Like, I think it might even just be a nomination prize. So everyone that nominates yeah. and, and weighs a piggy and has a chance to win a, a Yamaha 350, and which is all decked out with racks and stuff like that. So um, That'll be cool. Is, yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good pig-on competition. I've never been in pig-on competition before, but um, only one other, actually. We, we started the original Georgetown one. Oh, yeah. Years ago, it used to be the, um, it was the fourth, we, we started off as a Forsyth Tuscan Toad pig hunting competition, <laughs> and then that it sort of uh, migrated to Georgetown, so, yeah, which was good, they're, they're good fun, eh? Yeah. They're real good fun. Yeah, I've only actually done one, I've only done, yeah, I've only done, yeah, done one, yeah, I've only been in one, and we've won it, so I'm, I'm not complaining, I'll probably just, uh, I won't go on anymore now, I'll keep my averages, uh, won it, and I'll, I'll film the rest, I think, it'll probably be a bit, a bit easier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, no, it was, it was pretty good, the, the two have been involved in it, have been run pretty well, so it's, uh, you know, they're, um, oh, they're a good thing, they promote a bit for the yeah. town and stuff, so. Yeah, no, they're good, good uh, fundraisers, and um, hopefully I get to a few more this year, and uh, hopefully get involved a bit more, and, and see what it's all about, I've, um, like I said, I've only been, been to one, and we won it, so hopefully next time we can, I can go and film a, f- a few more, so. That'll be the plan. So, you, do you hunt? You're saying you don't, you've just started getting some blocks around Cooktown. What, what's the what's the difference, mate? To be a, be a big difference, cook uh, hunting around Cooktown than out in the Gulf. Oh, definitely, yeah, mate. It is. It's like um, it's a lot thicker. I've got, I've got a lot of little places to go if I run, but there's a lot of jungle. It's a lot thicker, a lot harder. 
like um, especially for my dogs, like they don't have the success rate they do out west. But um, that's only from lack of you know not taking them. Um, definitely a lot more crocodiles here. Yeah. Um, which is always a risk if your dogs. My dogs don't really they're not really schooled to crocodiles at all. But um, but they uh, but no, it's still good. Like this. Some really good places further up the Cape, and that there's some, there's some good places I could go to, which I hope to this year get in to go and have a look. You know, I've hunted up the Cape a few times, up around Pomeroy and stuff like that. Like, yeah. There's plenty of good tusky pigs there, um, but it is. I definitely think the Cape's a lot thicker, and it's a lot less developed than the Gulf. Like it's a lot harder to get around. So quad bikes and, and buggies are definitely a lot more um, beneficial. You know, so yeah. um, but no, it's it's taken me sort of five years to get onto a couple of decent blocks here where people people are a little bit sketchy of you, you know, so yeah. you go do you go do the right thing by them and, and you're right then, you know, you can you can get into um going onto their property and chasing a few pigs, which is good. Yeah. So um you, you just said uh talking about buggies and quad bikes and stuff, mate, I see you um you hunt with a quad, uh, not quad bike. You hunt with a buggy. How do you find that? Because I, I've only ever hunted with um quad bike, and um, I loved it. But you know, nothing better than a good ball running away, and you can, you know, up it with the four wheeler. Nothing better than that. But how do you find the buggy? Because obviously you got kids, you can chuck them in, be a bit safer. Is it beneficial? Yeah, mate, it is. It's uh, I've wrecked if uh, anyone that knows me. Uh, with nicknames Frog, they think it stands for effing rough on gear. Mate, it's um, sort of got a bit nicer car these days, and, and my missus gets up me if I uh, want to go cutting pigs out in the cruiser. So, mate, it, it is, and it's once you get a bit older, like you, it's um, once when you're younger, it's more about how many you can get, and you know, you want to keep going. And quad bikes are definitely beneficial for that, like we've, we've hunted off quads, but they're. Once you get a bit older, you, you like more of the social aspect, you know, even if it is you miss some kids or if you take a couple of mates with you, you know, like you all sit in the buggy and sort of cruise along and have a yarn and, you know, and it's it's the friendly banter while you're hunting. It's it's more of the experience and not trying to kill every pig that you, yeah. that you find, you know, so you sort of look for the better ones. But, oh, mate, they're awesome. They're, they're, they're expensive too, you know. It's um, yeah. it's all something everyone can afford. Um, and I definitely, like... Oh, I'm definitely not uh, made of money where I can afford all this stuff. I've worked hard. I'm nearly 40 years old now, so you sort of work hard all your life to build yourself up to um, making it a little bit easier. But, um, yeah, mate, they're, they're great, but um, they're, they're also expensive, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I've, I've, I look at them and I dream, but I um, I can't have one yet, so I've got to wait a while. But um, hopefully when we move up north and... When we sort ourselves out, well, I'll look at getting a quad bike, or a, um, oh, I sold my quad bike, so hopefully I can get another. I'll get a buggy next time. That's the plan. Um, take out the kids and the, and the misses, and see if I can make them cry. But hopefully they're not listening to this uh, down the track. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it is. It is. A, it is a big, um, a big outlay, you know, money wise. So um, we'll, um, you know, it's definitely beneficial. Like I just drive along, unload the buggy, and um, we just go from camp, you know, just just hunt out of the buggy. So, but no, real, real good. I, I enjoy it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, when you when you hunting out in the, we used to hunt back in the day. Was there many crocs around the waters, mate? Because um, I was, you know, obviously everyone sees the old croc videos, and they they fly through the um 
through the Facebook and, and YouTube like hotcakes and everyone watches them. Did you have a problem with crocs when you are hunting out there? Yeah, well, there was a few spots we used to hunt sort of around Gregory Downs. There's a couple of big holes in the Gregory River that um, we, um, oh, I, I, I swam in a lot. Like I've got old video footage here, video swimming in them, swimming in there at night time, you know. Um, and um, we got told by the station owners that you know you're crazy, so you should be in there. There's a big crocodile on there, but mate, mm. never had any really close close calls. So a lot of them places out in the Gulf, they aren't as crocodile uh, inhabited as I say the Cape. Yep. Uh, sort of when I was hunting anyway. Like um, uh, I did, I've heard now like a few other joints that took me closer to Georgetown um, that I go to. There has been a few like confirmed sightings of saltwater crocodiles there. Yeah. And like I, I never would have thought they would have got there, you know. But yeah, I mean it's that's that's the thing that worries me around Cook Town. It's a you know, if you used to hunt with dogs, it'll go a long way and they don't worry about swimming to a river. Yeah. It's always a little bit, oh, you know, you don't want to take them, them good old dogs out there and, you yeah. know, want them to be hidden by crocs because you hear a lot of stories around here about crocodiles getting dogs, so. Yeah. No, it's... But, um, um, yeah, it's always one of them worries, you know, but when I was younger, it didn't worry me so much. Also, I'd just fly into a river and swim across them and I didn't even think about it, but now I'm a little bit uh, older and wiser, I guess. So. <laughs> and I don't swim as fast either, so yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm just I'm too much of a cat. I just, um, no, nah, I wouldn't get the water up there. I um, there's a, I was editing today for about, oh, I was probably editing for the last six hours. And um, I was just going through a clip of when I was up in Cape York and it's just a stinky little creek, and it would have been ankle deep. And it was funny because my brother and I, my brother's right up my back, and it's, the GoPro was on his head, and he was looking at my back. And we were getting there, and we got to the stick, and we both just stopped because it just looked very, very crocky and and creepy. And the the dogs had the pig in the water, and yeah, I, I end up braving it. We used a spear, so I was a spear. The spear was a bit more. Um, you know, just in case a croc came out, but uh, it was um, not my cup of tea. I, I'm not a fan of crocs. Um, I'd rather see them in, in handbags, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, nah, not not my cup of tea. Yeah, it is. It's um, like I mean, I uh, even when I was at Berkman, we was hunted everywhere up in Doomagee. Like we used to go for runs up Doomagee in places and and sort of close to Berkman and a couple of big joints there. We'd go hunting in certain areas and like yeah, yeah. You sort of knew they were around, but they they definitely weren't as prolific as um, even around Norton and that they weren't as prolific as they are at North of here. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit more. You, if there was a croc in a waterhole, people they generally knew about it. Just and because a lot of them were big company places, oh, like big okay. company stations, so they Poppers. constantly had people going around them. Yeah. Constantly had people. Uh, they used helicopters all the time for mustering. So if there was a big croc around, you generally knew which waterholes they were in. Yeah, okay. So, um, but compared to the KP where it's a little bit more of a wilderness, you know, they're, they're not the, the stations aren't used as extensively as, you know, what they are in the Gulf. So, I mean, but yeah, it was a surprising to hear this year, like at one place, that place I've been hunting for 15 years, that, like, I've swam across them rivers, I don't know how many times I've been in water I was there, but, um, they've had a couple of definite positive sightings from yeah. reputable sources, you know, that there's, there's big salties there, so um, yeah. but there has been a couple of big flows in the rivers the last few years, which they might have come up, you know. But they could also have been there for the whole time, and you just didn't see them. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's a worry. It's definitely a worry. But um, yeah, in years gone by, like I said, I didn't think about it. But now it's it's a little bit more of a thought. So. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll get away from the crocodiles, mate. Um, because it's uh, we you know we're trying to try. We're both doing a trying to set out a good example and, and, you know, make hunting, you know, ethical and which everyone's trying to do the right thing on um, BSB and frog dogs. Um, what's your point? What's your, your view with social media? I've asked Jamie O'Toole this and I, I think he cracked the nail on the head, but what what's your view? Yeah. Cause everyone's a different view. You see idiots with five dogs on, you know, on a pig and all that kind of stuff. What, what, what's your thoughts on social media and hunting these days? trying to push is it's you know hunting's getting pretty bad rap especially with, with hanging dogs and stuff these days and um like suppose we're trying to promote that it's i don't think hunting's a bad thing to get your kids into with dogs and getting them out of the bush and uh you know helping out eradicate a feral animal that you know that, that needs to be eradicated off properties and stuff like that um look, when i was trying to show the dogs catching the pigs you know, I don't ever put too many dogs on the pigs. Like, um, and there's there's a lot of people out there that are, that are young and keen, and, and they want to show people that they their dogs are catching a pig, and, and they've probably got a few too many dogs on there, in, in my view. But um, and it, and it can sort of hurt the sport a bit because there is a lot of a lot of people out there these days gunning to try and get it shut down, especially with hanging dogs. You know, mm. um, so like that's my main view is like. Oh, I, I don't blame anyone for wanting to, to show that their their dogs can catch a pig on thingo, but just sometimes just be a bit wary about what you're posting because it, it can do damage, you know, especially I'm only new to this Instagram or social media period, like I've only been on it for five months or something. Um, mate, I'm, you know, from the outside looking in, I think, you know, it's something we just maybe have a bit of a thought about what you post, you know? Yeah. Um, love watching, love watching, there's, there's a heap of other people out there there's, um, that are on there all the time, like, there's that Nat and Dan from Boring, and there's a, that guys over in the Territory, that sick dog, and, and the Hidden Split boys that take their kids there all the time. Yeah. Mate, we, we love, we love watching that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah, no, um, I, I'm yeah. the same. Oh, mate, and every time they post something up, I'm like, like, you know, watch it, give it a big like, and all yeah. story, like, yeah, they're all doing the right. There's so many of us doing the right thing, but um, just anyone out there, just you just got to have a think about what you put up. I think you know, and um, you think it might be something that people might jack up at. Yeah, it's, it's just probably not worth putting on there. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm um, I'm totally the same because people don't realise, you know, pigs are, are just destroy. You know, you would have seen it firsthand out in the, the lagoons and stuff. You know, the amount of damage they do to the natural wildlife and the and the swamps and the yeah, they're just digging stuff. It's just wrecks, uh, just wrecks the swamps. So it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate. I've, I've come from hunting pigs in New South Wales to like I'm working on stations there. I did a bit of work on stations to watching pigs just just kill. I've seen them kill the little lambs like just one after the other. You know, I like, walk through and kill lambs, and um, and like the destruction that they can have in that sort of environment, and compared to the destruction up here where. You dive around swamps and they're just completely dug up. And, and even watching them at night, walk around the edge of water holes late in the year and chase them frogs and kill frogs and, and just make even to Normanton flying out for work because 
working with the power company in Normanton in the wet season, you got to fly everywhere, flying over the big uh, the big uh, plains in the Gulf and, and watching big boars out there just munch away on uh, magpie geese eggs and stuff like that, yeah. you know. And, uh, and not everyone knows about the damage they do to turtles, turtle eggs and turtle populations, and man, they're quite a destructive animal. But, you know, um, of course, there's aerial shooting and there's all that sort of stuff, but it's pigs are getting used to helicopters now. So I think that guys like us with dogs and um, whether they're bailing dogs and they shoot or if you've got lugging dogs, you know, but they're finding them pigs like they hear a helicopter, they're gone. You know, blokes that can get on the ground there, I think it's, it's getting more and more important now um, with the groundwork, ground hunters who are doing the right thing and how much of an impact they can have on controlling the pig numbers as well. Yeah, no, um, I totally agree. Going, I know for a fact in areas that have been helicopter shot a lot and they think that there's no pigs left, um, you go out at night with dogs and you'll catch just as many pigs, you know. Like, they, they just get smarter, you know. They yeah. can't muster all the cows, so they're never going to be able to kill all the pigs, you know. No, so I, I exactly think we not. definitely can play a, a massive part, so. Yeah. Well, like um, on the podcast I had last with Greg Tonkins, you know, he said... You get those sniffer dogs that can find drugs, and you know you get those those dogs that can find cats and all that. What's the difference in with one of the, our our dogs finding a pig? You know we've we've trained it. It's it's disciplined. You know like it's it's not an easy task to jump off a ute, you know, in the middle of the night, disappear into the dark, and and go punch on with a you know fifty sixty kilo boar with tucks. You know first they got to find it, then they got to pull it up. A lot of people don't realise how much training goes into dogs, you know, like, yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, you know, and the, the amount of hours that you, you put in, like, everyone knows that some dogs are, are naturals, um, that you can just, for some reason, you could pull a dog out of the pound that could be a freak, but that's like a once-in-a-lifetime or a couple-in-a-lifetime dog, you know, but most yeah. dogs need that work and the hours you put in on, you know, like, no one wants to, their dog to go out there and catch a wallaby, no one wants the dog to go out do anything wrong you know you, you train them to be on pigs and it takes a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of money to get them to that stage and um like i say i i, I believe nowadays with the amount of helicopter shooting that's going on dogs and blokes on the ground uh can be just as valuable asset as any helicopter yeah no, that's because the pigs are getting so used to that noise and i know for fact that place that uh one place ago where they've done a lot of chop shooting it's it's the case you know they, yeah. they fly that chopper along with heaps of pigs and they don't see one because they're all just buried down because they hear that noise, you know. So. Yeah, that's what um, I was talking to a guy up in, in um, northern New South Wales. He said the same thing. They just go doggo. They um, just bury themselves in the grass and you can't see them. Yeah, and they won't move. Yeah. Like, they will not move, you know. You could, you could put that skid on their back just about before they'll move, you know. And uh, with the vastness of the properties up here where, you, where they're trying to do that, yeah. It's just beneficial, but it's it's beneficial to have the right type of people to you know, and, and yeah. you know the people who are willing to do the right thing to get on there. So it's, but yeah, no, it's um hopefully that's what we're promoting anyway with what we're doing, trying to promote that it's you know an ethical uh, way to catch pigs and, and yeah. get rid of them, but also it's it's fun for the family. Like my my two little daughters love it, you know, absolutely love it. I can't yeah. wait to go out. So. I mean, I only got little daughters, little little bloody uh, sons, and that'd be the same. Yeah. And um, get them out of town and get them in the bush and uh, yeah, enjoying doing what we liked doing when we were kids. So. 
uh, life experience, you know, that's, that's what I did as a kid, and obviously you did too, and yeah, we, we turned out alright, we're not, we're not ferals, so it's, um... Oh, we're not, we're not crazy maniacs, <laughs> <laughs> like, shoot a heap of people like to, yeah. like, um, some, certain, some certain groups would like to portray, yes. you know what I mean, yeah. it's not about that, I think it teaches your kids about life and death and that too, and, and you know, just the... Uh, the, the way of the world and the way of the land and, and also the way of the farmer like you're out there yeah. showing kids on the farm and whether you get out there and help them do a bit of work and stuff like that and no, I totally you know, agree. I reckon it's great great for everyone so alright last question Frog um, if I was a a new up and coming, not up and coming. I shouldn't say up and coming. If I was just starting pigging, what would um you know what was something that I needed to know. You know, like, do I need to go buy tracking collars? Do I need to go buy, you know, what what would be the first thing you would tell someone if they were starting pigging and they come up to you at the pigging competition? What would you say to them? Mate, I think the biggest thing with pig hunting is, uh, well, up here at Alford is, is, is gaining access to, to a property. Uh, I mean, yeah, tracking collars and all that sort of stuff, I don't think that's the first thing you have to buy. Yeah, you get a dog that you like, just, you don't have to speak, spend big money. I don't know if you want to buy a previously trained dog or if you want to get your own sort of mongrel bed thing you want to train yourself. But main thing is getting access to places, I think, is the biggest thing. It's one thing I've never really struggled with because I've been a butcher and that all my life. I've had a trade to offer stations. Like, I've been on stations and used to go visit people and offer to do killers for them, you know. Like, I'd say, let me on or... Because a lot of these people on these stations, they don't like you when they first meet you. You're not there to, to um, they don't think, they don't see you as an asset going there to kill all their pigs. They want to get you to know you as a person and uh, once they get to know you, if you can get onto a place and that lets you on there chasing pigs, is, yeah, pretty much go on there and, and, you know, try not to uh, out, out where you're welcome, you know. Like, it's, uh, don't take heaps of people there. Just sort of look after yourself and a couple of mates and, um, yeah, I think that's the first thing, and then move on to your tracking collars and all your fancy stuff after that. Because once you learn the basics, then you'll and learn about your dogs. That's when you that's when you'll um you'll be able to get into getting your tracking collars and stuff like that. I think too many people are too lazy these days. You should really learn to to uh, read your dog first and and read what they're doing and where how far they're going to go and stuff and get them trained and then go from there. You know, so. That's, that's my bit of advice, Lawson. Anyway, it's, it's because that's the main thing is, is access on the properties because poaching's a massive issue up here, massive issue. So, yeah. I mean, people just just need to talk to people, go and see the people, and um, it might not be the best block you've ever had to start off with, but it's going somewhere where you're allowed to go is, I reckon, that's the uh, best peace of mind of anything. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. That's a that's a great bit of advice, mate. And um, yeah, I. Really uh, appreciate you coming on. How how do we get a hold of you and, and what's your Instagram and your Facebook and what's tell us how to get involved, mate, with uh, Frog Dogs. Mate, we're, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook as, as Frog Dogs Oz. Um, we just bought out a, a just uh, we ordered a heap of hats for Open to be for Christmas, but they didn't get here, so we've got a, a heap of hats there which um, my uh, wife Danica designed the logo herself. Um, she actually drew it up herself, so I think it's a pretty cool logo, and they're pretty good hats, and reasonably priced. But we're all on Facebook and Instagram, and we've got um, uh, got a got a web page there as well. So, mate, get on board, have a look, and um, do, we do a few things and structural videos and 
and just, um, you know, like nothing's um, too out of the ordinary for me, but I just sort of give people a bit of advice on, on stuff about boiling out pig tusks and stuff like that. And, uh, mate, if you're interested in pig hunting at all, doesn't matter if you're a bow hunter or what you are, a bow hunter or a shooter or anything, get on there and have a look and give us a follow and, uh, yeah, we'll put up plenty of stuff there and always content going up for everyone to have a look at. Awesome. Thanks very much, mate. I'll, um, there you go, guys. Frog from uh, Frog Dong Team Australia. Um, get on it. Have a look. Instagram and Facebook. And uh, there you go, listeners. Remember, guys, remember, follow us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'm Lawson White, and this is Bailing, Scaling, and Barbecue. You, BSB, baby.